Thanks for tuning in to the CHCA Entrepreneurial Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Carter. On today's episode, I'll interview Dr. Dean Nicholas, principal of the upper school at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. We'll talk about the role of the teacher as entrepreneur, how teachers are problem-solving, using flexibility and creativity to approach today's problems. So joining me in the studio here, actually via phone call, is Dr. Dean Nicholas. Dr. Nicholas is the principal of the upper school at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. Dean, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here. So you've had a pretty interesting couple of weeks, in addition to obviously everything that's going on with uh, the virus and the lockdown, you've kind of been on the forefront of what that means from the school and how the school is going to handle that. So I was wondering if you could maybe just give us a brief overview of what these last couple of weeks have been like for you. Yes, they've been really interesting in the state of Ohio, of course, the governor made a declaration uh, on a Thursday that after the end of the school day on the following Monday, no students could be in buildings at least for a three-week period. And we as a school were just about to go into spring break in one day. And so we had to start thinking about all the adjustments that needed to be made. So everyone left on break. Uh, We had one day where we had teachers try to test some basic technologies to make sure students could connect. And then it was off the break. And when we returned, we had two days to kind of give some space and time and encouragement and help if possible for teachers to figure out what remote or distance learning looked like. We talked administratively about how if this were a plan for CHCA to become a distance learning school, that we would probably take about two years to figure that out and then roll it out accordingly. This time we had two days. And, uh, <laughs> so there had been a lot of planning, a lot of meetings, but the key was um, really trying to find ways to empower teachers to have the things uh, that they needed access to to make it successful. And, and, and I have to say, we're, we're just uh, into our third day, but so far we're getting really great review, reviews from parents and from students And I'm going to be sending out an email in a little while to get feedback from teachers to see how they feel it's gone so far. Well, being a parent myself uh, and also a teacher at the school, but as a parent, I can I can say that my own children are far more engaged than I ever anticipated. And every morning uh, it's only been three so far, but every morning they're looking forward to that morning video they get from their teacher and the check in process and the journaling. So, I mean, I, I can already say that it's it's gone better than I anticipated it would. Yeah, and we're we're our plan is um, I've been trying to communicate uh, with parents, especially to kind of give them a perspective of what's going on school wide and where we're headed. And so we've been sending emails and making little videos. I I intend to do another one for next week um, because we're planning on putting together a survey uh, to basically say what's working, what's not, what can we do better. Um, because again, we are one week for certain, uh, of this continuing, but most people in the, the, you know, the rumor mill in the state is that this is going to go quite a bit longer, 
than just till April 3rd. So we're, we're beginning to make plans to say we could be back as normal on April 6th, but let's plan as if we're not. Well, I have to say, I mean, one of the, obviously the, the best resources that you have at your disposal, from what I can tell from seeing it from my own children is uh, really the, the great teachers that you have. And I, I kind of think back yeah. when this whole thing started and we were staying home, you know, a couple days in and everybody was on Facebook, you know, cause everyone's jumping on social media and saying things. And one of the things that I saw pop up on Facebook pretty early on is how the teachers, I mean, just kind of nationwide have rallied together and solved more problems from a technological, from a social, from an educational perspective than, quite frankly, most of our politicians uh, have been able to in, right. in the same amount of right. time. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, thinking through this, this is an entrepreneurship podcast and we have an entrepreneurship program at the school. But in many ways, over these weeks, uh, we are seeing teachers as entrepreneurs. I mean, the root of entrepreneurship is problem solving. And here we have teachers right. who were handed a massive problem, like you said, uh, <laughs> do in two days what you planned on a two-year transition looking like. And uh, to me, at least, it seems like they've been knocking it out of the park. Yes. And, and I say this a lot, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's one of those moments where it proves that a school is only as good as its teachers. We, you know, you can get any kind of curriculum. You can do AP anywhere in the country. You, you can get the most beautiful buildings around. If you don't have great teachers, you don't have a great school. And the reverse could be true, right? We could be in trailers uh, in the middle of a, a city somewhere with no space for anything and all the extras that we have at CHCA, but if we had those same great teachers, they would figure out how to make it an excellent school. And so schools begin and end with great teachers. And one of the things that I, I mentioned to teachers this week, but it's not something new, is that the biggest things that make a teacher successful is that they love and are relational with kids and that they're passionate about their subject. Everything else can be gained, acquired, learned, and so teachers who have that, teachers who, who care deeply about students and they care about a subject and they want to pass that on, they are going to find ways to overcome any op obstacle to make that happen. My own teaching experience is in no way a traditional teacher experience. I was going to be a scholar, professor, and nobody teaches them how to teach. They just get them a degree and throw them in a room and then people have to do whatever they say. I didn't have any teacher training. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff that a typical teacher would have. I was a doctoral student who ended up with 14-year-olds to talk about Bible. And I learned real quickly, they didn't care how much I knew about Bible. If they didn't understand that I cared about them and how passionate I was about Bible, they started to pay attention and we connected and I could move forward. But then it was like, how do you innovate? How are you creative to try to meet them where, where they are at? And I believe that's what any great teaching is. And whether that's in a normal day in a, in a classroom or whether it's trying to figure it out in two days online, that, that's the entrepreneurial side to education. And everybody in the country right now is scrambling. But the teachers who have that ability, they have that mindset that says, I know what I ultimately want to accomplish. And it's not about a methodology. It's not about a checklist. But I have to find a way to get that done. I, they're not just going to get through these 
two weeks, four weeks, quarter. They're going to thrive in it, and it's going to open all kinds of opportunities when the normal world of school comes back. Absolutely. Well, it, I, I was listening to what, what you were saying, and so many of the words you were using to describe these teachers, you, you mentioned flexible, creative, um, goal-oriented. Uh, these are the aspects that we often ascribe to entrepreneurs. And so often we think of the entrepreneur as someone who has to go into business, who has to have a business mindset. But even within the realm of social entrepreneurship, where you have people who are developing or funding, implementing solutions to social, cultural, environmental issues, teachers are at the forefront of this. And I think what we're seeing in this time is uh, the growth of what trended a few years ago, a term called um, edupreneur. So the educator entrepreneur. And one of the core components of that, which you really brought out is the caring. You know, anybody can make an online course. Anybody can throw content on the internet. We're seeing that more now as ever, but there's a difference between those teachers who care that their students actually get the information. Right. And, and you're seeing that at CHCA right now, I don't care. Like you said, if it's your kids who are right in the lower school at the lower grades, if you're talking about seniors right now in the upper school, they're thrilled to see their teachers. And if it's a video of them or if they're interacting on zoom, like they care about that. And one of the, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about um, as faculty and I've been pushing this out as well. And this could be a great kind of assignment for your students to help us with what makes a school, a great school is that it's a learning community, but it's that community piece. It's the, the relational social aspect of school. So Khan Academy is called an academy, but it's not really an academy. It's a place where you can dump lessons and information and people learn from that, but it's not really a, a learning community. And so what we're really working internally to do is say, what are ways to create social space? What are ways to create engagement that makes people still feel connected? So we have some ideas but I know the students will have better ideas than we will because they're more connected to what makes sense in their world. But just like a perfect example of it is today, if people, and I don't know when people will be hearing this, but just today our chaplain put out his first kind of uh, virtual chapel and threw out uh, a, a barcode that people can uh, go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee and see him as he drives by and he's going to be moving around supporting different local coffee shops. <laughs> that's perfect. Right? So an idea to say, how do you create space for people to still connect? That's what we need to figure out in this time. I have no doubt people are going to reach benchmarks and they're going to learn the things that they would normally learn. But how do we keep creating space so we feel connected as a school? Right. Now, you know, a lot of what you're saying, you know, teacher as, as, as being a problem solver and being creative, these creative solutions that the teachers are coming up with, it's, it's really kind of a thinking outside the box. It's thinking outside the classroom. And for quite some time, I know that CHCA has been considering this idea of moving really kind of beyond the traditional classroom mentality and embracing ideas like mastery of learning, uh, different ways of, of teaching and understanding and new styles of learners. So my question is, um, you know, in, in some ways, instead of this being an impediment or a problem, how do you foresee uh, the teachers at CHCA using this as really kind of a jumping off point to how education in the future is going to be done? Right, right. And I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this because... One of the reasons we could figure this out in two days 
is because this technology technology has been around for quite some time. Uh, we at CHCA have a an ed tech person, uh, Chris Gilbert, uh, who has been sending us all kinds of links and tools and articles for years. Um, I'll be honest, m- many teachers are just busy, and so they just file those away somewhere, and they're like, I don't even have time to look at that and read that. I got things to take care of. But there's nothing more valuable right now than a Chris Gilbert email about some tool to connect with students because all of a sudden those things have meaning because we're in a crisis situation. Nobody likes change. And you see this right in, in business or anywhere, right? The, the same old, same old keeps happening until there's some reason someone has to innovate and do something disruptive. There were schools starting to do this, but most schools were like, we're not going to do that. It's fad. It's gimmicky. We're just going to keep doing what we do. Because we're all forced to do this, I see this as the great catalyst in education across this country because now everyone realizes, hey, these tools work. We can educate where time and space no longer can find us. Those are the two great barriers left in education, time and space. We're stuck in a bell schedule. We're stuck in being in a space at the same time. We're all forced to learn right now that those two things should not, do not matter. And so what that means for school I mean, it changes everything. And so when I look at the future for CHCA, we currently have, you know, every three weeks we have two block days. Well, maybe we run a schedule where it's always block days and every three, four weeks we have remote learning week. I mean, who knows what the future brings, but there are so many opportunities that just break down once we get out of our mindset the only way we've ever done school before. Absolutely. Well, and and our school has a thriving international program as well. And some of those students have returned to their home countries, and yet they're still in the classroom via remote learning. So, I mean, even possibilities that would bridge continents with regard to the future of education. Right. There is no place and no student we could not reach at CHCA given the ability of someone to have technology and an internet connection, uh, we, we could do just about anything. And you know, one of the other things I was thinking about this week about how well our teachers have adapted, especially at the upper school where we've been doing intercession seven to 12 in different ways, where teachers are forced to think, what's an idea or something I'm interested in, passionate about, and how can I go totally outside the box to create a way for students to engage that and learn it? Like we've been doing that for you know, almost 20 years now, I think that same mindset lends itself to what we've been forced to do. But if we start to take this kind of mindset we have around intercession and say, that applies to every class every day, what kind of possibilities and connections and interactions are we going to be able to have now that just hearing the word Zoom doesn't scare people anymore? Right, exactly, exactly. This whole idea of the newness of things and teachers really embracing this was encapsulated in an article that I was reading uh, by uh, Robin Schulman. It's called Why Teachers Make Some of the Best Entrepreneurs. And uh, she broke it down into three points. And I, I think uh, you probably would see this reflected in a lot of the teachers at CHCA. Uh, number one, uh, one key point is uh, they didn't go into the field for money. I mean, this, you know, I mean, that's like right. it's one of the catchphrases of education, but it's so true. It, there's something else driving them. They're passionate about something that they want to convey. The second was that multitasking is in their DNA. And if we need that now more than ever, I mean, we have teachers who have young children at home, 
uh, barking dogs and are trying to carry on a class. Uh, and then finally, they, they know how to communicate. And I, I think, you know, taking those skills, which are so inherent within a teacher, and then pushing it into a situation like this, you see that creativity truly shine. Right. I, I think just teaching in, an ind- teaching in the first place, then teaching in an independent school like ours, demands a certain kind of right, flexibility and problem solving, the ability to multitask. Um, I, I remember a new teacher once getting so frustrated because all of a sudden we were having a pep rally, and this was like in October, and, they, and their comment was, I had a whole thing planned for a whole bell, and if I miss this time, how am I going to get to what I need to be in by May? And I thought, if in October, losing 15 minutes of your class threw you off for the entire school year, <laughs> you're in the wrong profession, right? Because we all know we're adjusting <laughs> probably three days out of a week because the schedule isn't going to go quite the way we thought it was going to go. And in the same way, this is, this is that to the next level, right? And so that level of flexibility just works. And you're right as well. If you went into teaching for the money, you didn't read the fine print or the right. bold print or something. <laughs> sure. Because, but that's not why people teach, right? They teach because they're passionate about kids. And oftentimes it's because of what we received in school and the difference teachers made in our own lives. And we're like, I want to do that. And, and I just got to say this. I've been seeing some of our alumni posting things right now on social media about the things they're doing with their students in their classes. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I'm getting choked up looking at them because it's like they experienced that with great teachers here and now they're taking it to the next generation of students. And to me, that's a powerful thing. That is. That's awesome. You know, as we think through entrepreneurship at CHCA and how teachers are really at the forefront of this, one of the things that makes CHCA unique is that it is a Christian school. So there's that religious component also involved in the remote learning that we're doing. And in thinking through how CHCA handles entrepreneurship, one of the things that has come up recently is wording from praxislabs.org, which is redemptive entrepreneurship. This idea that, you know, we live in a broken world. How can we use entrepreneurship to bring healing and restoration through that? So I'm curious what your thoughts are on how this current challenge, really this crisis that we're in, is actually going to play a part in our understanding of redemptive entrepreneurship and healing. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, there's a, a historical event that, uh, that I was hearing about from a friend of mine, and I knew this. It was just one of those reminders. There was this moment early in the church in, in the third century you had a plague going through Rome. And there's all kinds of you know, debate about what it was, what, you know, people were literally running for the hills. They would get out of the city because, you know, th- this will kill you. And the writers of that day talked about these Christians who really weren't that well-known of a thing at that point, not that well-known of a group. And they said, these Christians aren't leaving. They're staying back to care for the sick, to help those in need. And it, it made people realize the power of what the gospel message was about. When I think about this crisis moment that we're in right now, as I think of, of our school, our teachers, our students, saying how do we leverage new ideas, new technologies in order to bring wholeness, in order to bring 
healing, in order to bring restoration, redemption, I think there are so many possibilities that that we've limited ourselves by by just doing the same things over and over. And so at our school, we do great things all the time. We have service all around the community that goes all around the world. And we have kids who go, you know, the Stuart Smarties, and they go, uh, you know, tutor kids in local schools who need their help. If we can use Zoom, why can't we be tutoring kids in Monterey, Mexico, that we're always so moved when we get to spend time with them? But it shouldn't have to cost you thousands of dollars to get on a plane and spend two weeks there. When you could access them via technology any day of the week. When we start thinking about what we're called to do as believers and the way this kind of entrepreneurial thinking can expand that influence, expand that reach, shine that light more broadly, I think that becomes a very powerful picture of what entrepreneurship can be for a school like ours, can be for educators like ours, can be for like students for ours. Absolutely. I, I think you're I think you're right. I think there are just so many exciting things ahead despite the sense of uncertainty that this brings. Well, that concludes our time here, but I do want to uh, thank uh, Dr. Nicholas for joining me and uh, for sharing your time and your thoughts. Thank you. Well, my pleasure. Absolutely. So, uh, so tune in next time for more from the Entrepreneurship Podcast.